What's up, everybody? Welcome to the new episode of the House of the Dev podcast. I'm your co-host, Peter Salnikov. We got Raf Calantoni in Texas. Hi, Raf. And right next to him, I can see Matt Pearsall, audio director for Weird West, also known for his work as an audio director of Prey and many other cool games, which we will talk about later in this episode. Hi, and thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. You are entering the house of the dead. So we obviously are talking video game sounds this time and why original sound matters. Um, you know, this side of the game is oftenly underestimated by the devs, especially beginners. But first, Matt, let's talk about your current work. I mean, your experience goes way beyond Weird West and Prey, but even in this short period of time, like four or five years, have many things changed regarding game audio technologically um, and in terms of creative approach? Ah, so within the last five years, I would say the biggest change uh, that I've noticed is that, and I think this is uh, industry-wide for every discipline, uh, the largest thing that's changed for me is that because games are distributed in online and, and you can patch them and everyone's connected to the internet, you don't have the same putting it in the box feel that you used to have. Back in the day when we would actually have to ship the master disc to like Sony or Nintendo or something like that, you know, there was uh, a point at which you would sort of bleed for your art and then put it on the disc and then the disc would like somehow, someone would get on a plane somewhere and it'd be this heroic story and now the process never really ends. You know, you're always kind of creating, you know, you're always working on the project, kind of ad nauseum until the game just sort of bleeds out a slow death, you know? So I would say for me that's been the biggest change. Also the number of games being created now is a lot more. So there's a lot more like signal to noise, you know? You, you would, there were only a few outlets for press, I guess, maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago when I started. So, you know, if you've got an IGN thing or GameSpot or you've got in the uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine, you sort of made made it. And nowadays, it, the press is never ending, too. It's a lot more sort of, uh, I don't know, fight for the fight for your attention, I guess. So in terms of sound design, I would, you know, in audio for games, I'd say the massive shift has been uh, you know, you, you're not really limited anymore in terms of what you do. Like, you can play as many, more or less play as many sounds. Like, you used to be very limited by hardware. Like, uh, an example would be, um, this is kind of a technical thing, but your amount of RAM that you had available to you on the PlayStation 2 was 2 megabytes. So whatever you could fit within 2 megabytes was like, that was what you had to work with. Um, the Wii, for example, Epic Mickey, you know, we had six megs of dedicated RAM. And then, so you're constantly like loading and unloading stuff. Could you could stream. You could stream, yeah. but you could only stream a few things at a time because would you do what's called async bank loading. Yeah, so so there was more like, I mean, it's the same with coding. Back in the days, they same had to thing. like put, store this over there, put it back in for right. a second, you know, it's a lot right. of juggling. It's kind of like the, the same technique in art. You know, they'll use like a low res version of 
something. And then yeah. as you get closer, they'll start loading and unloading what's important. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, the game audio job, I, I would say 10 years ago was more technical than it yeah. is now. It's more art now. Is it though? Because now you, you worry more, I mean, like, you know, it frees you for more opportunities, right? So it's sure. less technical about juggling, but the technical now is more about how further can you go? Because Absolutely. now you can like layer stuff together, put some point there that links to this kind of music if you're there, etc. Certainly, like creatively, I would say it's more of a creative job at this point. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, I was kind of thinking about this, like, you know, you, it's kind of nice because you worry less about the technical sort of limitations. And it almost feels like it's, it's almost like you can hang yourself a little bit easier because you know, you can do anything now. Oh, you have no constraints now. Exactly. So, means, so yeah. if you don't make it pillar, then yeah. it's on you. It's on you. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. So it's a time issue. You the know, other, the other thing I think that's changed dramatically is like, um, that, you know, like game audio people were never like, you know how, and when I work with you or worked on prey, like I actually, uh, put my own sounds in the, learn the engine and put those in. That's actually a fairly newer thing for an audio person. No one trusted me 20 years ago when I started to put a sound in the game. Yeah. Like, and I don't blame them. I <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you're more experienced. Yeah. You know, one thing I've always, um, as, as you know, I, I, audio is very important to me. Like even as a gamer back in the sure. days, like I was really paying a, a, a particular attention to audio. Um, and I always said that same thing is like, audio probably accounts for 50% of the experience. Right. Yeah. Even though it's a few percent of the budget. Sure. Right. So you are very valuable. You guys are very valuable. Right. Now the part that always, I always found jarring to me is uh, how audio is often underestimated. Now, of course, not in AAA games, but like, and, and of course not recently, but for many, many years. Right. Like, what a missed opportunity. You could, you could make your game so much better with good audio that is not more expensive than the bad audio that you guys have in your game. Right, right. Like talking about either music or, or just like sound effects in general, right. like specialization, using 3D things or whatever, you know, it's, it, it takes the, the player so much into that that world right. for free almost. Like not yeah. for free, but like we're yeah. talking about like one, two, three, four people uh, for the duration of the project. Right. Versus, Versus 40, 40 yeah. artists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the thing is, and like I've thought about this a lot actually, and I'm glad you brought this up. Like the thing is the way that, you know, like, you know how people compare games to movies, the process, and they're like, there was a time in, I would say, the early 2000s where it's like, you know, games didn't have the full respect of, like, as an art, right? right. People are like, your game's art, and that was that's a, used to be a topic. And I think the thing is, like, really that, like, so I'm going to compare it to movies. I'm going to be that guy, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, films started out as an art form. No one ever questioned if art or not, ever. They were just like, I mean, maybe, you know, I think there were some mutterings that like, oh, it's a movie and like the only real art, is, fuck you, only the, Shakespeare is only the real art or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's something like that, but I'm sure there were naysayers. There's always haters. Haters, get out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I think that, uh, that video games, by its very nature, they were always, it's software. Software was always business. 
you know? Yeah, or toys. It, right, right? Because exactly. like you think about arcade machines, I mean like our uh, arcade machine, did, mm-hmm. did I say arcane? You did, that's a great uh, name for your, the next company. <laughs> You're just like arcane machine. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we remember uh, what? Uh, pong or, or whatever. Right, and those right. were not be, to, to be taken seriously. Exactly. Those, those were toys. There was there was fun, but it's not right. an art. Right. But it's but it's it stayed with us forever. It's, just, it's right. Like yeah. I mean, you know, that very first video game, like Space War or something like that, which is a really shitty name for a video. Space War. How long did that take you? Like two seconds. But you know, it was like a like a hobby for somebody that was working on something real. The video games have always that's the DNA of making a game. And because of that, it does relate to audio, I swear to God. <laughs> because of that, you know, um, sound was seen as kind of like, oh, especially yeah. because of the technology. One bit. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like okay, now we can, the fact that we can display a ball going across and like, that's, we're just like, let's high five and let's go grab a couple of beers. You know? But all of a sudden, someone was like, hey, I got an idea. Let's have a, a beep to it. People were like, oh, <laughs> fuck, dude. This is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and like, so games have always kind of had that. You know, like, I, you know, you said game, like, audio is 50% of the experience, and that's, I, I really appreciate that. I don't agree with you <laughs> because I really like, to me, it's like, uh, I would have it. I would say 50% of the experience is like the feel, game mm-hmm. feel. To me, that's the most important. And then the other 50% can be divided between art and sound. So we'll, we're good 25%. But games account for two to three percent of the budget, right? I mean, Roughly. like I, I threw that in, uh, in the air, but I might be right about that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, well, if you think about it, like I don't want to get into, but I'll, I'll use a different game, uh, just, and I'm not going to mention the name of the game. Um, I could, but the game had a thirty million dollar budget, mm-hmm. right? And I want to say that it, between voice acting, my services uh and composer mm-hmm. we're looking at probably about 1.3 to 1.5 million yeah for the total yeah yeah so yeah yeah budget, it's just somewhere there yeah it's yeah three percent yeah it's pretty small so talking about you said something like in comparison between movies and and games right um i would i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take a risk of saying that making audio for games is actually harder absolutely and the reason why I see that personally is that, and specifically in a, and I'm not talking about the cinematics because then that's close to the movie. Right, right. Uh, but I'm talking about like the interactive part and specifically right. in games that are super system rich, mm-hmm. uh, where anything can happen at any time. That's right? right. So you, as an audio guy, if it's a movie, you know that at frame numbers 1672, there's going to be the footstep, so you put it on, and then right. you know that you, you can duck that part because the voice is coming, etc. Right. But, uh, and you know exactly when you're going to send the the the, uh, the the stinger or the nice music to, to support some dramatic effect, right? Exactly. But like in the games, it can happen at any time, any, anywhere, you know? That's right. And so when you're, so like, I'm thinking specifically um, about like what we've done in the West, right? That's a systemic game. So, you know, when I, I, I remember not really thinking about the stealth in the game. And then I started just kind of playing the game and all of a sudden I, I realized like, okay, the stealth mechanic is like pretty intensive in this project. And so my initial instinct was I created a layer. So every, in this case, every area has a specific kind of sound. And then within each music track, so there's a day and night theme for area type. 
And then within each of those, there's a stealth layer. And so my idea was like, well, I didn't realize stealth was going to be something that you constantly did. So I created a stealth layer for all these tracks. It's like, shh, you oh, know, it's the like, stealth version of yeah, it. exactly. So you, you know, my, my idea was like, I'm going to make this. Every time you go into stealth, you're just going to feel like the, the coolest satanic cowboy, you know? <laughs> and uh, what I realized is like once I kept playing the game and I understood the, the the rhythm of the game, like this is too much because you go into stealth all the time. So like you're saying, like when 600, frame 672 put that footstep on there, and then you hear the memory of some sort of like ex-wife dead person or whatever you know you can really craft that moment and in a game you have to account for the rhythm of the game always yeah so so the mixing is totally dynamic you it's in incredibly difficult too yeah. because you know every player is different and what you what you do in a game versus like what you would do in a movie is instead of forcing emotion on someone you suggest it you know and you try to You understand as you understand the game as a game, and that's one of the weirdest things because, you know, in a video game, you know, you have this world to craft, and and it's like this, uh, you know, it's really compelling. But at the end of the day, you have to think of it like Jenga. It still is a game. It right. still has rules and a goal and mechanics. Never have you can never forget that. That's yeah. the most key thing. So speaking about the coolest satanic cowboys, uh, let's yeah. talk about <laughs> inventing sounds. Uh, because, well, we all know that uh, original sounds can create a sense of presence like nothing else. And at the same time, you can basically ruin everything with one generic sound from a library, like some creature screaming or a weapon yeah. reload or even a squeaky door which was heard the door. in tons of games <laughs> yeah the door long. doors i remember doors from, I heard from the doom. Doom. yeah 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 or i don't know footsteps for uh, from half-life and counter-strike <laughs> yeah <laughs> these sounds haunt me they hold me they will haunt me for the rest of my life <laughs> right right well it's funny that you bring up the uh the footsteps i'm sure you've heard them but there are these metal footsteps that are like from, I would say, 1995 to 2005, they were basically in every video. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. for example, the the uh, dungeon sewers ambient sound from Quake One, which is yeah. still used in many TV series a <laughs> <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. There's an alarm sound that I hear in probably like most shows. It's so shattering. Yeah, for me, it's the door sound, the one that goes... And right. every time, I, yeah. I think I've heard it even in uh, a super, uh, you know, like in, in very expensive shows like The Game of Thrones. I was like, yeah. seriously? You know? Why? <laughs> well, why? Oh, that's a great, that, the why. We only get, get 1.3 million dollars. Fuck you guys. Get the store. You know, I tell you what it is. So this is actually, and uh, man, I'm going, I'm going very inside baseball here. You know, it, I think it happens, like, this is why I like working with Raph, because he's not like that. But there's, I would say the majority of uh, game directors, they put, like, like we'll, t we'll use music as a quick example, but this door sound is, typically, like, people put it in as a temp thing, right? Just a real quick temp thing. And then the director comes sense. in, and they get married to it. 
They're like, oh, wait, what happened to that door? They're like, put that in. You know, like how uh, there's a sound, it's like that eagle sound, the you know, but it's not an eagle. Like, what's funny, this is so America. Like, the sound that you think of as the America, like, is actually, like, not a hawk or, like, a... It's a great... It's a I think chicken. it's a, a hawk or... Yeah, it's a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an eagle at all, because eagles sound weird. But what I'm saying is that a, a director or a game designer will put in a sound as a temp thing, and then the audio person's like, oh, I'm going to make a good version of this. But the designers are like, hey, this is all fucked up now. Like, what happened to this door sound? They just get married to it. That's really what happens. It's rare that the audio person is like, you know what, they don't pay me enough, we only get $1.2 million. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I just wanna like shit the bed on this project. It's very rare that that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, you know, my daughter was into this weird, uh, super weird show called Monster High. Not like being high, but like you're their monsters and they go to a high school. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so she was really into this, and uh, she was watching YouTube videos of the playthrough of this thing. And so these girls are in high heels on sand in the desert, and they're playing this like click clack on concrete sound, but they're obviously in the desert. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I know that the audio people just didn't have the time or money to solve this problem. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, because it's rare that. An audio person always wants to put their best foot forward. Because even right. if you're working on something like Monster High, you want to be like, you know, I want to work on like Halo after this. But then, <laughs> yeah. I, then I assume as well, like as an audio guy, you've you've done enough footsteps at this point, and Certainly. they're not very creative. It's not really where you're going to make the difference, right? Absolutely, so like, yeah. It's kind of like, it seems reasonable that you'd be tempted to use some banks for, for those bass sounds, and Absolutely. then like put your energy into the cool ones, right? You know, and that's the thing. That's what you learn over time. And But I would say that this is true of anything. So in sound design, you know, you learn like it's it's kind of like when you're a younger developer or a younger artist. I think your tendency is you want to reinvent the wheel every time. Mm -hmm. so you know how like uh, sometimes you 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 the, the road's being reworked, and the reason the road is being reworked, uh, you know, on your block is because they have to spend the budget, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they don't spend that money, they will lose the budget next year in the same way you know with sound like you know somebody's making all of duty 20 and they're like uh we gotta redo all the foot <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like i don't think they i'm not I'm not I'm, I'm not saying specifically them i'm just saying that like there is a, con a, a thing where people just do it because that's the way yeah. whether it's the right way to do it for me personally especially now that like i have the power to to implement my own material and create my own systems and things like that, especially like giving that free reign, you know, I'm much less inclined to worry about whether my footstep came from a library or I recorded it. To be honest, like, it's probably better that it's a library. Like, right, right. I'm never gonna, like, I don't wanna be, when people are like, man, I've never heard footsteps quite this good. Like, that's not really art for me. Yeah. I'd rather people experience the game and be like, well, the, the, the vibe of the sound is cool. You know? What are the type of sounds you, you, you prefer to make, like you love to make? Like, I, I, is it a magic sound? Is it like a uh, weird weapon? So I like um, spells. spells. I like spells and I like UI, user interface. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, actually, you know, like the UI, I think is 
to me, it's emblematic of the entire experience. So, like, I'm thinking about Guitar Hero. When I did the UI for Guitar Hero 3, or was it? I did 3 in World Tour. Okay. And so, you know, I recorded, basically, grabbed an amplifier, grabbed, like, got a guitar, got a bass, and just sort of plugged and unplugged it and just did the whole rock and roll, oh, taking the nice. gig yeah. experience, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I cut the UI together, and it's like, I wanted to give you that feeling like you're getting your your gear together to go to a gig, right? Yeah. And that was their direction as well. With Weird West, I got some boots, uh, belt buckles. You know, I used to wear this belt, like, tragically. I just, you know, it was like a post-divorce belt that said live free. It was a <laughs> really tragic time in my life. Uh, but I recorded this belt buckle. And a bunch of things that kind of, you know, I grew up in Panhandle of Texas. So anything that was kind of reminiscent of that like evil cowboy kind of thing, I recorded. So I have a big bank of stuff I've recorded. And when I go to make UI for the game, that's the first thing I grab. Yeah. And then I find something musical to put in as well. And it's an abstraction. It's an abstraction of the entire experience. So that's that would probably be my favorite sound to make. Yeah, I saw you design a, a sound real time one day uh, using, I can't even remember what the process was, but you had like some weird tools and, and uh, it would be like, you would take that thing, loop it for that, then stretch it and then like tune, detune it and, it be, and then it would sound like an explosion and I was like, damn, and it yeah. started with like a note or something. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I have no idea how you do that. I mean, I, I do like, you know, I do some music a little bit myself, but like yeah. I don't really do sound design for music and if I, if I want to give an effect and it's more like because I'm screwing around with the things until something sure. funny happen but it would be hard for me to go with an intention somewhere you know like oh I'm gonna take this thing and go, I'm gonna go to a cat sound right well, right good luck with that you know it's something that uh, I think that there's that Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing you know this concept mm -hmm. after 10,000 hours you have a mastery of something so well, I, unless you learn wrong for 10,000 hours yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's like I'm your ten thousand hours is spent like watching a bad television show. Yeah. Like I'm really good at it though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I think that you when you, when you create anything, there's a moment in which like when people make visual art, I watch them do that, and that is mind blowing. They were like, I'm like, oh god, that looks like a whatever they're drawing, you know? Right. But for me, it's like I, you know I'd be trying to draw the wolf. Um, at this point, you, you just kind of sound design you um, get to a point where you think of something you're like I need this and you just not that you know how to make it you, it's, it becomes an instinct so yeah. with that type of example it's like what I wanted was like an explosion but my way of going about it is staying interesting to me basically yeah you know no that's pretty amazing um, what's your um I have one more question uh, and maybe you have one after that Peter as well what's uh so let's say I, mean, it's I imagine it's pretty overwhelming, like doing the handling all the audio for a game. Yeah, like it, it such a big thing, and the th and it's a thing that has tons of moving targets as well. It's not right. like the game is over. We bring it to you and say, "Hey, Matt, do the audio for this." Like right. instead, it's like, "Okay, man, we're making a game, and right. by the way, try to figure it out at the same time." And as uh, you know, we have all these features, and we have like this content that we don't right. know if it's gonna sustain or not. Good luck. What's, what's <laughs> yeah. your what's your uh, is it chaos? What, what's your process? Uh, you know, it's 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 a like a it's, it's very. Uh, this is going to be a really zen answer. All right. So uh, you know, buckle up. Um, <laughs> no, I think that the you have to learn to let it go, right? 
Okay. So I'm going to give you an example. Ray, you would text me or send me an email saying, hey, the footsteps are broke. And uh, I'm like, Tien, I'm fucking done. I'm done. I'm going to quit, you know? Uh, but now, but you know, that's that's an example because you know he would change animations so he's in his process of perfecting his craft one way i could have taken it is to get really angry you know i'm upset but my method is it's like once i quit looking at looking at it as my only form of art i think like having a hobby outside of it is hugely important once you realize like it's a commercial art it's a job and even though you're close to it and you want to make it great it's when someone destroys your work unintentionally, that's just part of their process. And it is chaotic, but it's something that I've just learned to live with and embrace. That's just part of the And in fact, when someone breaks something now, even though it might be annoying to me in the moment, it gives me a chance to rethink the that right, thing, the asset itself, you know. But like, as far as the approach goes, like, do you start like so? You know, there's all this thing coming at you, like systems, right. uh, content, music in the background right. that you might want to color for the specific experience. Do you go from the specific to the generic? Do you go from big to small? Do you like alternate between all, jump all around? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I would say that what I do is like, I like take a tiny area, right? So, in the case of prey. I want to say that there was like a test map or something initially, and I, I was just like, I'm going to work on this creature, right? And so I started to work on like, say, the mimic, and I actually loved your direction for the mimic. Like that's that got me really out of my head. But I started working on the mimic. But what working on the mimic did for me was all of a sudden I was like, what's lacking from the experience? And it might be that okay, I'm fighting it with this weapon. Right? And so now I'm doing the weapon. So I'm switching oh, heads yeah, to yeah, the yeah. weapon. And so I'm just trying to create a whole cohesive. So, so it's now a chain I'm, reaction. Like, exactly. as you're, you need this, now you need that. Oh, shit, I forgot about right. this. Exactly. Like, okay, I picked up ammo, right? To go fight the thing. And now I'm like, well, I need an ammo sound. So I'll switch right, heads right. and go pick, do the ammo pickup, figure out how that system works. Right. So you don't really like when the producer comes in and says, like, here is a list of 1,200,000 sounds. Exactly. <laughs> because like, it's all disjointed. You the way that I yeah. don't like to work is when people try to itemize something in a game because right. I don't think the experience is like that. The yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Right. The more like itemized it is when they're like, how long does it take you to do a creature? I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so That's what funny. I wanted to talk to you about is mm, like 11 years ago I had this project the game was called Disciples 3 Resurrection and uh, huh? I was doing the, the whole uh, sound design with my partner and oh, cool. uh, there was so much magic to support with sound effects that at some point I just ran out of ideas I mean when it's like fireballs or lightning rods or something like that it's pretty easy uh, mm -hmm. But when you come across like 40 abstract, some shitty four spells, how do uh -huh. you actually act? Oh man, that is a fantastic question, Peter. So, okay. Thank you. Again, again, Zen, Zen answer. <laughs> uh, I, I worked on this very, like, I started my career in, in uh, television, working on Dragon Ball Z. And... Uh, you know, like what was kind of interesting about it is that I got and kind of got to learn the sort of uh, the Japanese aesthetic 
right? About the way they approach this sound for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And, you know, I was doing a sound and I was having a hard time because I had the same problem. So like a fireball is fire, right? A lightning is lightning, water is water. But uh, someone, I was doing a retouch because I used to do retouches on the show. So I would like, they would have a Kamehameha blast and I would go in and like get more Kamehameha, basically. <laughs> um, and someone told me like the way that the Dragon Ball Z world views magic is like, you're pulling power from the earth, right? So when you send the blast, it's like you're gathering, you're so powerful that you're gathering energy outside of you. So what, what I think about, like, like, you know, something, let's say like a, an example might be like a shadow, right? A shadow spell. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can like turn invisible or something and become like a shadow version of yourself. Like, I think my approach would be to think about like what creates a shadow. Well, it's the sun. And then the next thought would be like, well, what's the, you know, what's the, what's the sun do? Well, it makes things burn and sizzle. So then I might immediately go to the sizzle, right? So I just think about where the magic might come from. I think it's kind of like a heady way to think about it, but like what energy are you pulling from forces of nature or the forces of even like the other individual to create the magic? There's a trade-off, right? So you get this, you pull the power, and then you release the power, right? And so there's a, there's a, a give and take with it yep. on an energetic level. So it's, it's, it sounds to me, and you know, it's great to hear you talking about it because I never really, never really thought of it. But uh, it's, it's very similar to at the end of the day, like when I, when I look at an artist, a uh, visual artist, mm-hmm. I think you know a good one anyway thinks about the history behind. The drawing that is is doing absolutely as opposed to like just hey I'm just gonna do this dragon because it looks right, cool right. you know he's right. gonna think of where it comes from uh, you know what did he what did he have for lunch you know right exactly and, and uh, <laughs> I mean maybe not but, right. but but it's the same thing right like in absolutely. a sense like you you it's not like okay do a spell for hiding in shadows and you just go like whoop. right instead you you know you think of like hold on let where you know and that's why I talk about the sun right. the sizzling etc so exactly. it's very very interesting. Yeah, like what in that, like in the world that you're in, what would you, what, how would you act, how would magic actually work? Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So there's yeah. more to, you communicate much more than the, the, the sound itself communicates like tones of like story, history, story behind exactly. it. Exactly. Which is awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what, I'm sure that's one of the questions you have, Peter, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask it. What, um, what advice, I mean, you know, it's, it's so often that, uh, people that do audio, and there are tons of people that do audio out there that not in video games. Who mm-hmm. wants to come into? It? It's right. like you know, how do I make it into it? What what what's the what's the you know why can't I make it? <laughs> so right. what is the trick? What what would you what advice would you give? I think it's a great question. It's actually a question that I get a lot. Like I had, I decided to make my company email publicly available. So there was for the last. 20 years, I'm basically, uh, here's my resume, how do I get in? I'm sure you get the same thing. Um, and I think now it's sort of easier than ever. I would say, on a pra- from a practical standpoint, I would say get Unreal Engine. Just get it and actually learn. Like, There's so many things you can do with sound right these days. You know, back when I started, it was the Doom Engine and really hard to even make a level because there wasn't a lot of resources so you would have to kind of figure out how to do things but i would just say 
you know, um, get wise, get wise adventure. Wise adventure is a great tool because you can like look behind the curtain now. Yeah. There's a lot of mods. Is it wise or W wise? Uh, I, it's, it's, it's I been think, called wise now? Well, it's just two W's, so I just make uh, it one thing. Yeah. Wise. Something wise. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would just say get Unreal Engine, uh, get maybe the Wise Adventure Project, which is done in Unity, and just like learn the tools behind the scenes, you know, yeah. because I think the tools are widely available now. And, you know, quite honestly, make sure it's something you're actually in. For sure. Because yeah. someone can like video games uh, yeah. and like music, but, you know, the job is not always yeah. the most glamorous thing. Yeah, and also we will know if it's not your thing. Absolutely. And, and interactive music is not the same as just music. You know, you yeah. get all those different layers. and um, Yeah, that's cool. I think a lot of people want to come into mus into the video game world. A lot of musicians. because Because it's so hard to make, mus to make money uh, as a musician. Right. Uh, if it's not uh, associated to something concrete, like a game, a movie. Right. I think a lot of people see a video game, read an article that's like, video game, video game industry is a hundred billion dollar industry. Right. Like, hey, I could just get. You know what I mean, <laughs> right. like, it, you know, and I understand that. I mean, I initially got into it. My mom, you know, I was in a rock band, in college, and made, trying music. I remember my mom was. Matt, you should make the music for games, cause oh, wow, cause Tyler's like Big mom. Yeah, exactly. Cause maybe you should make music for video game, cause like Tyler's playing them, and I just kind of think your music sort of works. And I was like, uh, whatever, mom, you don't know me. And then you know, the next thing I know, I'm like, <laughs> and you were making ten ten dollars a year, <laughs> exactly, being a musician. No, I just about I released an album, and we you know had a good ride up, and we did this like tour, and it, there was one night where I made we made. Uh, seven dollars for the band there were nice. four of us <laughs> it's even hard to divide and i was like you know what maybe my mom's right you know so i i got it i i you know got there was an electronic musician magazine there was an article in the magazine sound design for fun and profit and i literally my thought process was i was like i was like maybe if i can get into that i can like afford some gear and then i can go be a superstar dj but what ended up happening is i got job on the Dragon Balls at the at Funimation and I was like I'll just do this for like a year and then I'm done and then like after two years I was like pretty good I should probably get into the game part and I got into video games I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, but I mean it's I think it's a difficult thing to get into you know like anytime someone asks you like I know your story about how you got in and it's it's madness Yeah. like you know you wouldn't I don't know about you, Peter, but like it's it's like crazy. You, yeah, exactly. Crazy like circle no, of you know coincidences. Exactly, same thing. Yeah, yeah. every story is a little. You really yeah. have to want to be a game developer yeah. to be a game developer. Yeah, yeah. It's manifestation, I guess. Absolutely, it's, it's magic, baby. It's magic. Yeah. You believe in it. Now loading the house of the dead. We've talked about your pipelines, your approach, and uh, about um, library sounds, but there's um, there's that thing. Um, I mean, uh, can we talk about field recording? I mean, when when do you need it? Because uh, I'm uh, actually 
uh, I mean, um, I have some friends who are uh, who work as lead audio designers on many, uh, you know, many games here in Russia, and uh, mm -hmm. we have our conversations. Uh, and uh, I've heard that the original lively sound actually uh, is not needed anymore because you have everything in, uh, you know, the basses, royalty free. Uh, or some subscription type libraries which you just transform and you make up nice sounds and everyone is okay with this or uh, is, am I wrong you're not wrong but I would say when I started I think it's good to record your own material just because it's you have you want to learn the process right it's a part of the process so if you uh, are a sound designer I think it's important because the thing that like take like a Ben Burt, right? Or like um, the guy McDonald, the uh, old Disney, or old guard at Disney. So he was a performative sound designer. He would create devices and uh, watch the cartoon and be like, boop, 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 boop. yeah, that's you know? holy like, magic. Exactly. And so sound design by its very nature is a performative art. And so I think even though there's a billion libraries for everything, you save yourself time and you create better art by recording material because you know the material, you can form the material, like, and then you, you create a much more uh, close relationship with the source material. And by creating a close relationship with the source material, your end art is more compelling. So that's the reason to record. I don't record everything. Like, I don't like, you know, like there was a time where I was doing a game it required a lot of guns, and I was going to be the guy that go ordered guns, but I don't like guns. Guns freak me out. And I went to the gun range, and this dude was doing this move. Like, I was just like, oh my god, like, okay, I gotta get out of here. Uh, <laughs> would, would you yeah, say that a gun, the other hand, a the real, the real life guns sound boring? That's what exactly. I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. It's like the, the face like, is probably one better, you know? right? Yeah, totally. I heard him in my neighborhood last night, totally boring. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's like a real gun is just like, you know, people have already recorded it. And and I don't like to be around them. So, and not that I hate them, but it's just not my favorite thing. So, I'm recording a gun is far less compelling. Recording the gun mechanic though, that's interesting. Especially close up, put a like oh, piezo mic. Yeah, like that's a compelling thing. So, yeah, I would say that to, to sum up your your question, like there's a ton of material, but I think certain material um, designer dependent is going to be more compelling if you record it. Uh, can we talk about this uh, side of job when we go to piezo mics and we do uh, small and micro sounds? Uh, the, that game that I've mentioned before, Disciples Three, we did. It, mm -hmm. It's an uh, it's a turn based strategy game pretty similar to Heroes of Might and Magic uh, oh, cool. and uh, yeah so it's a bird view game uh, and they had this this wonderful it was like 2009 uh, and uh, the devs uh, gave us mm, uh, this wonderful middleware software uh, when you can uh, rotate the character make him run make him stop make him fall make him you know suffer and you just mm. uh, you know put sounds in special boxes for the timing and uh, since it was so comfortable and so interesting uh, I got lost in this process and uh, like for a simple example 
if we have a knight uh, who wears a plate armor, he uh, should sound like a bit, you know, uh, some scratchy sounds. Um, and uh, obviously he wears a chainmail underneath it. So uh, we added those micro metal chain sounds. Then right. what about his boots? What about his, uh, I don't know, shoulder protection? And uh, it ended up uh, with me standing in front of the microphone with a metal bucket on my head because I wanted to imitate, uh, <laughs> when, when the, the knight gets some damage, I wanted to imitate his screams from underneath his helmet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when, when I like kind of woke up from this process, I realized that this is a strategy game. It's, it's you know, it's uh, isometric. We are far, far, far away from those guys. Sure, and all sure. these units over detailed by sound effects make no sense, actually. So is right. there any, any point where, when you should, you know, look at, uh, at your work and just stop? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. You know, that's a, I love that story because I've done the same thing. You know, I've been, you know, you focus, you kind of tend to focus on, you know, that's, you always have to ask yourself your, the question when you're creating a game. Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for the player, right? And, you know, and believe me, the only reason I can ask, I know to ask myself that is because I fucked it up so many times. I've oftentimes worked where I just wanted to be a show-off sound designer and yeah. not, you know, I worked on, a, a great example is I worked on, Uh, Age of Empires and you know this is, this is the definition of a real-time strategy god damn it I mm -hmm. wanted to play Age of Empires now it's it's a great <laughs> game it's a fun game but you yeah. know like I I, I kind of came into it initially mm -hmm. thinking okay everything I'm gonna detail everything and then I play the game and you've got if you have 30 units doing these actions it was just really annoying right and What I what what it changed the way I designed. All of a sudden, I designed from the god view, the bird view. You know, like I'm not thinking about it. Even when there's one unit, it's kind of boring. But that's where the music carries, right? But now, when you have 30 units or 50 units, and you have this massive battle and things are just happening, you know, uh, now all of a sudden the sound is starting to work because the whole idea of the game is to create an empire. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I would say design for the game and not for you. Sort of, that, that, that was my takeaway that I learned. But I've done what you did, <laughs> like, so much. Speaking about the profession of the sound designer, uh, because many of them may be listening to us right now. Uh, sure. Mm, I mean, uh, like 10 uh, years ago, uh, there were... Uh, sound designers, field recordists, sound implementators, and uh, many other guys who uh, kind of, you, you know, the profession was kind of shattered between those uh, figures. And now if you want to participate in game development, you need to know, uh, as you said, uh, WISE, WW, WW-WISE, Unreal Engine or FMOD, mm -hmm. Uh, at the same time, you need not only to create sounds, uh, but also you need to know how to implement them. And uh, the sound designer these days probably combines in, in functions of a programmer as well. Sure. 
So uh, can we please talk about this? Because you know the the, the entry uh, cost is pretty high, given the Absolutely. budget. <laughs> right. No, for sure. You know, I what I found is it depends. Like it's really an industry thing. It, it, like meaning that like okay, take a take a studio like we'll just use a big studio that I've had small experience with, like Naughty Dog, right? So Naughty Dog has to audio people on their projects and they have a dialogue person and they have a UI person and they have a person that tags footsteps they have a director they have somebody that just does ambiences so for a project like of that scope you have hyper specific roles and so if you want to get into a role like that your sound your approach as an audio person might be well for one move to LA uh, but kind of get in the almost like a studio system right but for the average sound designer that's like myself, that's like working from home and kind of doing everything, you know, the industry has changed in the way that like, audio people used to be kind of like the friend of the guy. I know this guy, he's a friend of mine, he's in this band and the band is not terrible, so uh -huh. we'll hire him as our sound guy. <laughs> you know, like that was the industry in the, I would say the 90s and when I got in in the 2000s, early 2000s, like 2000, 2000 actually. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden, like, it's like, oh, I know this guy. He's like, uh, has a sampler. Or Is that how I hired you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you were He's that got good. got a mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it kind of did work like that. And, you know, I think that nowadays it's, you know, a lot more technical. And, you, you know, you're always expected to be like, oh, he's that, that guy that set the bar and he plays and he's like hey man here's some sounds and like these days it's more of like an actual like you need to know how to put your material in like that's the job now so it's much less of it's a harder profession to get in because i think that the the technical bar is much higher these days. so it, because so many people want to do yeah, I mean, you, even like how you implement sound in Unreal, like mm -hmm. using Blueprint, we're talking about close to, you know, it's like programmer logic, even though, even though it's not as complex as C or something, it's still like, there's like callbacks on this and like right. you have to, it, scripting is can be pretty intense. I'll, well, I'll give you an example of like a, you know, there is this, we dropped it, thankfully, but I hope, maybe I can say this, if not, we can cut it, but there was a time in the weird west where you could starve right while traveling and you know it would display like you're starving kind of like the oregon trail you have dysentery you know it's like this my favorite and i game. thought totally it's a great game um and you know i i had this musical stinger the problem is that in theory this image is actually on screen every all the time what the artists do to program it though is to change the opacity on every frame, right? As long as you're starving. So they just change the opacity. So whenever I put in the sound, it played every single frame. And so I was like, okay, well, I have an idea. I'll only do it one time. So I do it once, but then it would refresh itself. So it refresh, it goes, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not gonna work. Right? And so that's, as a sound designer, you have to think like this, right? How does the, how does the, how's the computer thinking? Right. Because the computer is just purely logical. And most of the time you're fighting it. So what I ended up doing 
is I basically did a single call and then I forced it to one instance. And then after that, I was just like, okay, this might only play one time in a play session. And that was the problem though. Because like it did work in theory, but I couldn't really work around that. So that's kind of an example of the kind of thing, the ways you have to think. It's really not, you know, you, you, you approach it in like a creative way. So my initial approach was, okay, I'm making this starving. I'm gonna make but then I, and then I put it, I do the technical side of it. I get it into where it's usable data for the game. And then I actually put the, put it in and it doesn't work. So right. my whole process within an hour has been creative and frustrating. And, and now you're a programmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But that's also because we are, uh, in the case of all five, a small company, very right. demanding of you. And it's kind of like, you're the multi kind of, you know, talented guy that can do both, right? But in right. some companies, when you were you mentioning Naughty Dog, probably there are people who do sounds that have no idea how it's going to be integrated. That's that's correct. Yeah. It, it, that's, um, I would say, Peter, to your point, that is more rare. And it's usually only found at the super triple-A mm -hmm. level. Super focused yeah. guys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, because... The, the budgets have also changed. Yeah. So if you want, so if you want to apply to like a more, a smaller type of company, indie maybe, it's a, then you have to be very multi-hat. Absolutely. And if not, if you plan to join EA or something, then there's probably more chances that even if you're just like specific, like sound integrator or specific sound designer or specific musician, then right. you, you have more of a shot there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I have a guy that's done work with me for many years. And uh, he's an audio guy. He's fantastic. He works on the, well, you know, I don't. I guess that's not important. But he uh, not made a sound in about two years. He integrates he, only. He's an integrator. Yeah. But it's a massive game. It's a big AAA right. project with 25 people. He's one of 10 people that get paid well to just implement the material. Yeah. And so somebody else goes and records it. Very different process than what I say. The other sixty to eighty percent of the is the putting it in. In fact, when I we you know with Prey, it was interesting because you know you're doing a game, a big game for Bethesda, but really like even uh, Elder Scrolls, these guys, there's just not really many audio people. Teams. Yeah, there's a kind of an old school like uh, put the sound in, create the sound build a massive world yeah so matt thanks for your time uh thank you i've enjoyed this very much uh, uh so uh, much useful information thank you uh you awesome. guys have a nice sunday uh thank you thanks thank peter. you peter bye bye bye, bye. now we're gonna eat we're gonna eat chicken now <laughs> yeah get stacked man yeah <laughs> have a nice one guys Bye. See yeah <laughs>